Welcome to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and this podcast is designed for the everyday woman who seeks to do more than just survive. You want to thrive. The goal is to inspire, empower, and encourage you as you find commonalities within my story and the stories of some extraordinary guests. Join me as we dive into this brand new episode. Hey there, ladies. Welcome back to Being Eve. Thank you so much for joining me once again on this brand new episode, part two of Victim to Victor. I named this one, I should say, tagged it, Let My People Go, because this episode just carries the essence of what those three words mean um, as we continue to discuss our focal character this week, Moses, on the podcast. So if you had not had an opportunity to check out Victim to Victor Part 1, Episode 8 of Season 4, I highly recommend you go back and do that because I cover some foundational pieces of Moses' story and how his story relates to us as women. Believe it or not, we can definitely look at Moses and see ourselves. Um, Some of the things that he went through, uh, the identity issues he had to struggle with uh, to even do what the Lord was calling him to do. So I highly recommend you go back, tune into that one, and then come back to this one. And then the second great recommendation is definitely read the book of Exodus if you haven't done so already. The book of Exodus is so meaty. There's so many gems in that story that all of us can grab onto, okay? So whether you read it already or haven't read it at all, I highly recommend you go back and do that and um, begin to see yourself from the character's point of view, begin to see yourself from Moses's life. What did Moses experience that relates to your life? What can you learn from it? What is God saying to you from the words in uh, Moses's story? And I know that I know you will walk away with not just one thing, but many things. And um, because it is necessary for you to read it, I'm going to skip over some portions of the book of Exodus because it is a lot. There is so much covered. And I don't want this episode to be three hours long. <laughs> you know, so definitely come along with me with this ride. Um, Last two weeks ago, I should say. So sorry, y'all. I did not release an episode last week. Life just got in the way in a good way. So I hope all things are good in your world. And as we jump into this episode, I hope all things will get better. All right. So two weeks ago, we ended with Moses getting the commission from God to go back to Egypt, right? To get his um, people out of there, to tell Pharaoh, hey, let my people go. And by the grace of God, because God is so good and faithful and kind and just and merciful and compassionate, even though Moses kept talking about his identity issues, God said, all right, you know what? You can go with your brother, Aaron. Aaron will be the voice you will display the power. And so Moses and Aaron went back to Egypt, right? There's a whole story there. So definitely go back and read it. Went back to Egypt to declare to Pharaoh, hey, let my people go. Pharaoh wasn't having it. So what Moses did was begin to display the power of God that was in his hand, right? He dropped the staff 
And the staff Moses dropped turned into a snake. But guess what happened? You think that would just be like, oh, wow, wow, he has power, right? Mm. Uh, so Pharaoh has his folks, Jannies and Jambres, two magicians in his court. And they do their thing and they get their, their stick or what have you. And with their black magic, white magic, dark magic, satanic magic, they create a snake too. So now Pharaoh's not, you know, moved by Moses snake because here his folks creating snakes too. And so what ended up trumping what Pharaoh's magicians were able to do was that Moses' snake now swallows up their snake and that displayed the power of God. Now you think that phased Pharaoh? No, it didn't. It didn't phase Pharaoh. A matter of fact, Pharaoh's heart got even harder. And because Moses had the audacity to come before him, not just asking, but demanding him to let his people go so they may worship God in the wilderness, Pharaoh then decides to make things harder for the people of Israel, the Hebrews at, at that time. He now takes away their ability to make brick, right? Because at that time, the Egyptians were supplying the straw that was necessary to make the bricks that they were making. He takes away the straw. He said, you know what? Now you guys are going to have to make the bricks without the straw I was providing. You're going to have to find your straw. And I'm going to double the amount that we need every day. So of course, you know, they were like, well, Moses, what's going on here? First, you come here. You're like, God told you this. You go to Pharaoh. You know, he's not moved about your snake, your staff or anything. And now he's putting more work on us. Now things are more difficult on us. And I just want to highlight that point for you ladies, because oftentimes God will tell us to do something, right? God will tell us to go here. God will tell us to stop doing this. And it does not come easy. It does not come easy. How many of us could relate to that portion of the story where you got a word from the Lord? You know that you know that you know it is God. But there's so much contention against the word. There's so much struggle in it. There's so much hardship just to do it. But you know God told you this was going to be. But on the flip side, because God told you to do something great, something different, something that has never been done before, you're going to receive opposition. And that's what happened to the children of Israel. They received so much opposition from Pharaoh because they were doing something that has never been done before. Here is a man, right? A regular degler man, a shepherd coming to a king, not just any king, but they believe that Pharaoh is a God, lowercase g. So you're coming before a lowercase g God and you're demanding me to let my slaves go? How dare you, right? And so now Moses is doing something that has never been done before. And of course, he's receiving opposition. But God is with him because when God sends you, he doesn't leave you. When God sends you to a territory that you have never been before, he is right there with you because he did what? He sent you. Okay, so that's why it's so important to know when you're doing something that's never been done before. You're a pioneer. You're going into territory that has never, no one has ever gone into that territory before. Never, No one has ever broken ground in that particular area. No one has ever done what you've 
God has called you to do. And even when someone else has done it, you've never done it before. You've never been there before. You've never broke ground in that particular area before. So of course, you're going to have some opposition. So of course, things are going to get rough, but it is so important to know God sent you. So that's the first thing. Did God send me? Did God call me? Did he tell me it was time to go? Because God can call you to a thing, but not send you, right? God can put in your heart a vision, a dream of something that he wants you to accomplish, but that doesn't mean that it's for that time right now. So we have to know when we are sent to go somewhere, because when we are sent, best believe, our God will be with us to back us up. He will be with us, not just in word, but with power, with signs, with evidence that we were sent. Okay, guys, so we know Moses was sent, right? We have it, it's written, Moses was sent to go back. He was given power and authority to go before Pharaoh. And the great thing about God, (laughs) he did not just send Moses as a man, He sent Moses with the power and the authority of God. Because again, we go back to the part of how the Egyptian pharaohs were looked upon. They were looked upon like lowercase g, gods. So God did not send Moses in as a man. God sent Moses in as the image of God himself, decreeing and declaring, hey, Pharaoh, let my people go. And that's evident throughout the scriptures where the uh, plagues came in. Because every plague that came in, Moses declared the plague before it came. Right in front of Pharaoh. So everything that Pharaoh saw, Moses spoke in front of him and told him this was going to be. So that also let Pharaoh know, you're not going against a mere man. You're going against God the God of heaven and earth. And isn't it amazing that the power of God was displayed with things that God created? Like it wasn't powder or some, uh, you know, hocus pocus type of imagery. God declared plagues upon Egypt using creation just to magnify the fact that it was God doing the work. He's like, I put this together. The sun is mine, right? The the animals, I put them together. I said the frog would be the frog. I said the locust would be the locust. And so he used the very things he created against Pharaoh, just so Pharaoh could know, hey, you're not going against flesh and blood. Our war is never against flesh and blood, right? He's like, you're not going against flesh and blood in this instance, Pharaoh. You're going against God himself. And that's why it is so important to know when you are sent, when God has placed you somewhere for such a time as this, you know, you're not going alone. So when any time at any moment that someone feels that they can combat you or they can come against you on things that God called you to and God sent you to, they're not going against you. They're not fighting against you. They are fighting against God almighty. And that's exactly who Pharaoh was coming against and didn't even know it, right? And so the plagues happened. And there was this one final plague that Moses decreed and declared over Egypt. 
It was the plague of the firstborn, where every firstborn child would die in Egypt. But God is so faithful and so kind and so good that he told Moses, tell my people to take the blood of a lamb, right? It had to be a particular age and all of that. So read the book of Exodus so you can know exactly what God said. He said, tell my people to take the blood of the lamb and brush it across the doorposts. Put the blood across your doorposts because when the angel of death passed, when the angel of death sees the blood on the doorpost, the angel of death will pass over. And the angel of death will not enter your home because he will see the blood. And the blood will tell the angel that you are with me. You are not against me. That you are my people because your doorpost is covered by the blood. And that is reminiscent for us as children of God who is blessed to be a part of the new covenant through Jesus Christ is the blood of Jesus that was crucified on the cross on Calvary, right? That blood, his blood is much more powerful than any lamb's blood, right? The blood of Jesus Christ protects it sanctifies, it makes whole. The blood of Jesus has so much power in it that when his blood hit the ground, it caused the earth to quake. There was an earthquake the day his blood hit the ground at Golgotha. And so it is so reminiscent for us that the same blood that was applied at the doorpost of the Hebrews that were in that particular region outside of Egypt we can now take that as a symbol for us as believers in Christ Jesus to apply the blood of Jesus, metaphorically applying the blood of Jesus to our doors, applying the blood of Jesus to our bodies, applying the blood of Jesus over our children, applying the blood of Jesus over everything that we own. Because when you apply that blood, right, whatever demonic spirit is roaming around, seeking whom he may devour. When he sees the blood of Jesus, it knows this one right here is marked. I can't touch that one. That child right there belongs to the living God through the blood of Jesus Christ. So I must pass over. So when I apply the blood of Jesus over my children and I send them off to school or I send them off to the store with their dad or whatever the case may be, they are covered by the blood. My husband is covered by the blood. So when any demonic activities in the area, any demon with a gun, any demon that is looking to steal, kill, and destroy, they will know that right there, those children right there, that man right there, that woman right there, they are covered by the blood. And you better pass over. <laughs> you better pass over, devil, because I am covered by the blood. And so, ladies, I encourage you all, if you don't pray the prayer to cover your children, your family, everything that you own with the blood of Jesus, please do. Because scripture tells us in the book of Exodus that blood speaks. When that angel of death saw the blood, it knew to pass over. And we know also going backtracking with Abel, the blood of Abel cried out to God from the ground. So blood speaks. It was crying out for vengeance for what had transpired with him when Cain killed him. So blood speaks. So the same blood of Jesus that was poured out 
on that cross is the same blood that we can use today to apply over our lives and know that the blood of Jesus speaks and it speaks a better thing than the blood of Abel. It cries out a better thing than the blood of Abel. It cries out protection. It cries out covenant. It cries out covering. It cries out sanctification, wholeness, purity, the blood of Jesus. So apply it, apply it, apply it. Okay. So when that plague of the firstborns went out, the children of Israel were covered, right? Because they had the lamb's blood on the doorpost. So none of their children died. But in Egypt, there was a great cry because so many firstborns died, including the firstborn of Pharaoh. And that broke him. That right there broke him and he knew that he knew that he was not at war with just a man. He knew he was at war with God. And because that part broke him, his son, his firstborn son died. Pharaoh told Moses, get your people and go. And God being the type of God that he is, he was like, oh, yo, oh no, y'all was up in here 400 years enslaved. You're not leaving empty handed. God had the people of Israel go back and get goods from their actual slave masters. Their slave masters gave them gold, silver, goods. The people of Israel did not leave Egypt empty handed. You hear me? God made their hearts move and give the people of Israel in abundance everything that they needed as they exited Egypt. So the people of God exited Egypt. They're on their way out. They got their family. They got their goods. They got their belongings. They're gone, right? And so they head out into the wilderness to go and worship the Lord and also make their way to the promised land. The promised land was the place that, remember, if we go back to the episode that I have on Abraham a few weeks back, you know that God made Abraham a promise that he was going to bless him and with, a, with nations and that he will be the father of many nations and he was going to bless them with a land flowing with milk and honey. And the, that's where the people of Israel was headed into that land, into that territory. So as they were exiting and as they exited, I should say, Egypt, Pharaoh, he began to lose his mind and he's like, oh, heck no, I cannot believe I allowed that people, those people to go. What was wrong with me? So filled with pride, Pharaoh decides to mount his, uh, you know, horses and all that good stuff, get his chariots out, get his war men out and chase after the people of God. So Pharaoh still hadn't learned that he was not battling Moses like he thought. Maybe that him losing the child, it was for a second. But then he was like, you know what? Nope, I'm going to go back and get those slaves because I need them. I need them to do work up in here. And so he then goes after them. And while the people of Israel are resting for a moment, right? They've been walking for a while. They now start to see the Egyptians coming, Pharaoh's army. And they get all frantic, y'all, as anyone would, right? Here you are leaving the territory, believing that everything's all good. You have your goods, your family, and now the Egyptians 
are right behind you chasing you. And so everybody begins to freak out, right? And as some of them are freaking out, some like, oh man, we should have just stayed in Egypt. Now here we are, we're going to die in the middle of the desert. What did you do, Moses? What did you do? And so Moses is like, wait a minute, stop. Don't be afraid. It's actually in Exodus chapter 14, starting at verse uh, 10. Um, If you skim down to verse 14, it'll say, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you must be quiet. Then the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. As for you, Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. As for me, I am going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh, all his army and his chariots and horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I receive the glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. So God is telling Moses, rise up, rise up and use what I have given you. You have the staff, use what I have given you. And so it reminds me, right, as children of the most high God, that we also have our own staff. There are things inside of us that God has given us, gifts, talents, and abilities that God has given us to stand against the storms of life, to stand against adversity, to stand against our enemies, to stand against opposition and begin to decree and declare the word of the Lord. And not just decree and declare, but begin to take action against those things, right? Because we know through the scriptures in Ephesians 6 verse 10 that we don't war against flesh and blood. Our war is against principalities, evil spirits, dark forces in high places. So we know that our war against the seen, but the unseen. And so there are particular gifts, talents, resources, and abilities that we have through the word of God. And if we study to show ourselves approved, we will know exactly what those things are so that we don't get overwhelmed by life, that we don't get overwhelmed by the enemy, that we don't get overwhelmed by opposition and adversity that comes our way when God has sent us. And a lot of times we get overwhelmed We get uh, discouraged and frustrated because we forget our authority. We forget the powers that the Lord has placed in our hands. Either we forget or we don't know what they are. And so ignorance is not bliss, right? Knowledge is everything. Wisdom is everything. Faith is everything. And when we know what God has placed in our hands, to begin to exercise those things and to begin to move by faith against all of those things that we may be going through that is trying to kill, steal, and destroy our future, 
We have power and authority, ladies. We have power and authority to go against the plans of our enemies. And that's what Moses had to do. God had to say to Moses, why are you crying out to me? I have given you power and I've given you authority. Begin to exercise the power and the authority that I have given you. So pull out the staff. And I want to encourage you ladies to do the same. Pull out the gifts, the talents, and the authority that God has given you, the power that he has given you. And if you don't know what that power is, begin to seek his face for it. Begin to ask the Lord, what is my power? What is the authority that you have given me? Begin to seek his face about the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit as a gift to us so that we don't do life without him, that we do life with him and we do life with him through the power of the Holy Spirit. So as believers, we know that we have the power of the Holy Spirit and we know through the word of God, we have authority because Luke 10, 19 says that he has given us the power and the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm us. So when I pray and I seek the face of God, I seek his face on that word. Father, show me what is my power and what is my authority. I know I have the Holy Spirit. Well, what is the job of the Holy Spirit? What is he as a person? What is he here to do in my life as a believer? And then God will probably bring you to John chapter 14, where the Holy Spirit was introduced to the disciples uh, through Jesus Christ when he explains that the comforter will come. Then we also have the book of Acts, Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit fell on the apostles, what happened to them? What were they able to do? They had power and they had authority. And so if you don't know what's in your hands and you don't know the power and the authority that God has given you, when adversity comes, when opposition comes from the enemy to kill, steal and destroy, you don't know how to fight. You are incapable. You are delayed. So much like Moses at that time, he was probably cut off guard. And so God had to remind them, hey, I've given you power and the authority. Rise up, man of God, and begin to exercise it. And so, ladies, I encourage you all, if you don't know what your power and the authority is in Christ, seek his face about it. Read his word. Begin to dive into the word of God and begin to come to an understanding of what our power and authority is as believers. It's not just prayer. Prayer is prayer, but without power and authority, there's even levels that your prayer hit. There's certain prayers where if you know your power and the authority that you have, matter of fact, God will command angels to fight for you because you're praying the word of God with power and authority. Even when you pray and you pray the word of God, you have to pray it knowing who you are in Christ. That's why identity is so important. If you don't know who you are, you don't know the power and the authority that you have, you are almost non-existent when it comes to fighting against enemies that you don't see, fighting against the unseen because we don't war against flesh and blood. We know through the scriptures that our warfare is not carnal. So if you can't see them, 
and they have power and authority. You need to know what your power and authority is to combat against the enemy that you don't see. All right, so now that Moses knew, okay, get my staff out, he splits the Red Sea. And the people of Israel, the Hebrews, are able to walk through the Red Sea on dry ground because Moses exercised his power and the authority that God gave him with the staff to split the Red Sea. And the people of Israel begin to walk through it. Now, here is where God comes in, right? Because God says, you do this and I'm going to do that. You see how God is so good? He says, Moses, you do this and I'm going to do my part. Because there's certain points we can only go. There's certain points where we stop and God comes in for the kill. So they cross on dry ground and God comes in. And now the Egyptians try to run through dry ground too. They're like, oh, well, we could run through it. It's open. God now covers them over with the sea and they all perish in the Red Sea. They were not able to cross over. So Moses did his part and God did his part. You see how faith without works is dead? We can have all the faith we want, but if we don't do the work, if Moses did not pick up the staff and split the Red Sea by faith, how was he going to have the Red Sea open up and have the people of God cross over? So if Moses didn't do his part, how would God have come in to do his part? And you're probably like, well, Casey, he's God. Yes, he is God. God can fix whatever he wants to fix whenever he wants to fix it and come in whenever he wants to. But he's given us power and authority. So it's just like when he created Adam and Eve and he told them to subdue and have dominion. Even though he could have come in and subdue and have dominion, but he created them in his image and his likeness to subdue and have dominion. So it was just like him being on earth, subduing and have dominion. So when he put that staff in Moses' hand, he's saying, Moses, you have the power and the authority to act in my role on earth as it is in heaven. So you have the power and the authority in you to act in God's role on earth as it is in heaven. So split that Red Sea and get your people across. And it's such an example for us as believers. We have gifts, talents, abilities to subdue and have dominion, to get our people across, to get our marriage, to get our husband, to get our children across, to be that gate at the Red Sea, to use the staff that God has given us to part whatever opposition, whatever blockage, whatever delay, to part whatever is in our way and say in the mighty name of Jesus, make way. A daughter of God is here and you mountain, you must move. And because you're operating in the power and the authority and you look like God in his image and in his likeness, guess what that particular mountain has to do? It has to get up and move. Guess what that sea has to do? 
it has to split because not only do you look like God, you sound like God and you have the power of God backing you up on earth as it is in heaven. So when we are in a place where we're experiencing opposition, when we're going through things in life, we're feeling overwhelmed, we got to stop and take inventory. We got to stop and say, whoa, 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 whoa. I am lacking faith. I need to start praying. I need to start reading. I need to start seeking God in that particular area for strength. And by faith, believe and trust him that when he sends me out somewhere, when he sends me to a territory, when he sends me to a place that I've never been before, when he tells me to do something that I've never done, when he go, tells me to go somewhere that I've never been, I know that I know that I know that when I do that thing, I'm not acting on my own. I'm acting in the image and the likeness of God because my identity is in him. My identity is in Christ. So the same uh, mountains that were created by his voice, the same seed that was created by his voice, when I open my mouth and decree and declare that it moved, that it split, it is a familiar sound that is heard before. Ladies, God has blessed us with power and the authority to subdue and have dominion. He was not just talking to Adam. He was also talking to Eve. And because we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus and the work of the cross and his resurrection, we know that we know that we no longer operate under a curse, but under a blessing. We operate under the original intent of God's plan for our life to subdue and have dominion, to take authority, to take back what is ours, to decree and declare we will no longer operate under a spirit of slavery and oppression. We're going to walk out of our situations by faith, believing and trusting God that when he calls us out, he doesn't just call us out and leave us empty, but he fills us with the Holy Spirit. He fills us with the gift that Christ left earth to give to us so that we would not do life alone, but that we would do life with power and authority. I'm going to end the episode here because we're now 36 minutes in and my goodness, I have not even gotten to the point <laughs> that I want to get to with this book. My goodness, the story of Moses is so powerful and there's so much to glean from his life. Ladies, I encourage you to read the book of Exodus. Read it, read it, study it, eat it, sleep with it, listen to it. It is so, 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 so good. So, 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 so good. And you're going to be blessed by it. And so I will be back next week. I am definitely going to release the final episode, part three, because this, yeah, yeah, I'm going to finally release part three and uh, hopefully it will capture everything because I don't want to skip anything, but I have to because it's such a good book. And so I just got to make sure I narrow it down to some key points because there's so much to learn from his story. So much, so much, so much, so much, so much. 
especially in regards to identity, in regards to believing God and trusting him when he sends us somewhere that he's not going to send us alone. We're not going to lack anything. The people of Israel did not lack anything when they left captivity. Nothing. They left with abundance. They left with favor. God favored them. And because God favored them, the Egyptians had no choice but to bow to them and to give them goods, resources before they left Egypt. And so when God sends you somewhere, you don't lack, you don't have to beg for resources and things. That's when you know that he sent you. You may experience opposition, but you will be well taken care of even as you experience the opposition because you know that you know that God sent you. And the opposition is not to overwhelm you or to overtake you. It is for you to exercise your power and authority and begin to walk and knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to end it here, y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. And I will talk to you all next week. Hey, girl, have you gotten your copy of Being Eve in Adam's World? No? Well, what are you waiting for? This book is a revelatory interpretation of the very first woman to ever walk the face of the earth. Although Eve's story is very brief, there is so much to be learned from her. Heck, the podcast was named after her. When you open up the very first chapter of this book, you will begin to travel through Eve's journey a voyage of discovery that reveals the life of every woman in some way, shape, or form. At the end of each chapter, you will also find lessons from Eve to you. Each lesson derived from her personal experiences will be a guiding light on how to thrive in Adam's world. So get your copy of Being Eve in Adam's World today. You'll find the link in the show notes. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with Being Eve and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last but certainly not least, Ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.